Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there on Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children over the ages of 18. My name is Leister. I am your host. Welcome or welcome back, depending on who you are, and I Today's episode is targeted. Today's episode is focused. Today's episode is unfortunately necessary. Let me get the personals out of the way. This will not take too long, but I wanted to inform you of a couple things. First of all, I had a very troubling interaction recently with the Postal Service and with Amazon Logistics because neither one of them seemed care and competent to be able to deliver packages like they're supposed to and yes, I understand we're getting to Christmas season and it's harder for them to do a do, 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 do. I completely get it. My notes are pretty clear. And at the end of the day, their logistics problems are not my issues. These are in at least a couple of cases, quite expensive packages. We're not talking that the, the speed is not the problem. It's when they screw up and don't follow my instructions. That's when I get pissed off. So the postal service they tr- allegedly attempted to deliver. They did not deliver it where I told them to. And because for whatever reason, the person sending it to me required a signature. Now it's an expensive item, so that's cool. But instead of what this idiot was supposed to do with the postal, which is walk into the freaking building, get to the call box and dial the extension to reach me so I could come down and sign for it, they just said I wasn't available. So then I did a re-delivery request, which is supposed to be today. It says out for delivery. It's not out for delivery, even as I speak this right now. They still have made any progress to re-deliver this item. So there I'm pissed off. So I'm already there set off. Then Amazon Logistics, which is basically it's it's Amazon Flex. So Amazon Flex, you, you know, as an individual, you can sign up to deliver Amazon packages if you really want to. And I, I actually was signed up for the service at a point because I was considering it seriously. And the only reason I didn't do it is because I had to think about it and say, oh, crap. I'd have to deal with people's dogs and freaking, you know, high rises and all sorts of garbage that I did not want to deal with. So that's the only reason I didn't do it. But that's what that is, right? Well, there's a section where you can notate for them where you want them to leave the package and the instructions and all this stuff. And I explicitly said, you need to come to the building. You need to hit the call box, dial the right extension on the call box. I will come down and get the package. Or you can just leave it there after you dial and say it's here. That's cool. I mean, you're talking maybe eight seconds worth of your time. And instead, they want to take it to the central office. The central office is a street over. Because apparently, at some point in the past, they said, yeah, just put all the packages there. Doop, doop, doop. Well, there's, there's got to be, let's see, probably three, da, 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 probably about 150 units around. So all of us are getting packages sent to this little tiny building room. And this room is smaller than my bedrooms. It's tiny. And so it's not efficient or effective. They set up the whole Amazon lockers. Problem is they're not large enough to be, not Amazon lockers, but secure delivery lockers. They're not large enough. And so that's not going to work either, brother. So it it's this whole chaotic thing. So I'm dealing with this nonsense of just trying to get my freaking packages. And so that's got me a little bit agitated. And then this nonsense that I'm going to be talking about on crypto came up. And I share it because I want to help keep people safe. But some of it was annoying that I had to talk about one of these because it's getting hype on social media. But it's it's bad enough. I figured I, I wanted to do an episode to talk about it. Let's get to that. So hopefully I can forget about the chaos that happened with the freaking packages. 
Okay, let's check some numbers here. We got a little bit of a weird uh, deviation on the price movements, at least on the Bitcoin side. I'm going to start with Ethereum because I like Ethereum more than Bitcoin, but Ethereum is in the green. When I zoom out to the month chart, I'm looking at Coindesk.com. If you'd like to follow along, I look at the month chart and Ethereum is in the green, but it stopped some of its strong momentum. I mean, it's still decent momentum, but not as strong as it was. A low of 2200, a high of roughly just shy of 2400, with a general bullish indicator is good, but it's not as good as it was before. And I was curious about what happened. I didn't go too deep into it because unfortunately this two, these two garbage things came up and I needed to dedicate an episode to them. And I didn't want to spend too much time on today's episode talking about too many topics and getting kind of off rails. So I won't be able to dig deep into it. And hopefully it passes because I think it's, I hope, it's a temporary blip. When I compared it against Bitcoin, Bitcoin seemed to have the worst of it, a low of 42.9 roughly and a high of 44. And it lost again, it's strong momentum upward. I, st- I still say we're right at the beginning of a bull run. So I'm not, I'm not trying to give you a negative Nancy sentiment. I'm saying that I'm surprised to see that the, the velocity, the speed with which things were moving seems to have tapered off and failed for some bizarre reason. And I don't know what that's all about. So if you're in whatever projects that you happen to be in, you may have noticed certain projects going up strong and then tapering off as people take some money. And then certain projects went down. Bone, as an example from the SHIB ecosystem, is up. It's up like 10 cents, 10, 15 cents. It's a lot compared to what it was. Because remember, this one as low as like 62 cents and then it was as high as just recently 89 cents. That's not to shake a stick at, especially if you had quite a bit of it. So, and because you know, bone runs inverse apparently from Bitcoin, which is weird, but it seems to run inverse of Bitcoin. So as I see Bitcoin has that taper off, I start to see some positive price movement on the, on the bone side, which of course that's huge for me. And I'm going to be sharing an image out on social media. If you're on X, we are at CTR crypto radio. If you'd like to follow along, I'm going to share out an image that kind of puts in perspective, just how much of a significant run this is and why I'm so strong on bone, even though it's developers suck and they're failing the project. Change Now. Change Now is a service that allows people to transfer cryptocurrencies across blockchain and it's completely touchless. You don't need to connect a wallet, don't need to do anything. You're basically saying, I want X, I have Y, and you're doing a, a disconnected exchange. You don't need to connect your wallet to any interface. You just send what you have to a specific wallet they provide and they're supposed to send you back tokens that you, you know, that you want based on what you asked for. And there's a lot of, a lot of tokens available. There's no rhyme or reason as to what is and what isn't. For example, Luna Classics on there, but USTC is not. So there's not, it's not really a clear picture, but there's a lot of the Tron tokens, Solana's on there, you know, Ethereum, obviously, BNB's on there, Avalanche is on there. Most of the main ones are on there, as far as I can tell. There's a lot of secondary ones that are not there, like Elk isn't on there. So I'm not really sure what the thought process is. My theory is that they're looking at specific liquidity pools. However, the nature of the exchange is one where it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if there is a pool pair or not for what you want to trade. You can trade pretty much anything, anything. You can take Ethereum, just straight Ethereum, and transfer it to get BNB as an example. And the way it works is that the gas is baked into the trend, the actual transaction price. So when they quote it back, it'll just give you less of the token that you want because it's taking the gas for you. But you don't have to have, in this case, very much Ethereum in your wallet to do the trade. You do have to have some to do the transfer, but you don't have have to do the, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 for the sale that you might do. 
when it's in a bull run. Because when it's in a bull run, gas utilization goes up. The cost of a cost of things goes up and the GUI goes up. And so when those fees go up, that's when you start seeing gas prices like $100 per. You don't pay that directly for this situation. They basically just take it out of the transaction. So it's a very convenient service. Now, the downside, the only, the main downside, not the only one, but the main downside, I would say, is that it takes a little while to do the transaction compared to direct wallet. But it's safer because you don't have to connect your wallet. So it's kind of the balance between speed and safety. The other thing to consider, if you're into Hex, the actual Hex ecosystem, you know, Hex and Pulse and all those ecosystem, Hex was yanked off Uniswap. So it's one of the few places outside of central exchanges that you can get Hex if you wanted to just transfer something that you have that's not Ethereum and get some Hex. Or if it is Ethereum, you can either go to a central exchange and do it if there's some that still offer it. But Change Now will let you do it as well. So that's a way to do that. And then Luna Classic. If you wanted to buy into Luna Classic from something else, you can go that route to get Luna Classic. I say all that so that you understand what the service is, what it is, what it does, what service does it provide, what problem does it solve, is the need to be able to transact with basically no custody, you don't need to connect your wallet, and you can trade across chain without a lot of challenge. Came to my attention very recently, was reported that apparently Change Now has a flaw in its code that I don't think it's its fault but they don't seem to have a way out of it. Now they build in the interface to describe this because you may not have ever seen it. It's changenow.io if you want to check it out. And after this, I may recommend that you don't. But the interface, the way it works is you tell it what token you have, you tell it what token you want, and there's a list, and then it asks you the wallet address that you want to send tokens to, and it has an option called advanced, and you can set the wallet address that you want to get a refund of tokens. And the way that works is that Let's say you say, I want to send two BNB and it'll give you however much, you know, Ethereum, right? You might say, I want two BNB, but you send 2.2.3, whatever, whatever, right? You just, you just said two because you don't remember the number. You don't want to copy paste it, which is fine. It would work. You do the send. It'll come back and say, hey, you got more of this than you expected. That's automatic. It doesn't, it just accounts for whatever it is you sent, regardless of what you said you were going to send. The refund happens if there's a problem. So when they do a send, if it's not able to do the transfer and the transaction, it's not able to give you what you asked for, the refund address is to be able to get your original token back. So that's assuming things are not successful prior to a step they call payout. The flaw that people detected is that if it's a token, because we don't know exactly where it's getting its, its availability information from, a token can be readily available in that list even if it's not necessarily available for transactions, which is strange because the whichever swaps, let's say it's a descend swap, they tell you if it cannot be traded or if it's 100% tax or something that's indicating to you it's been disabled, halted, maybe they're doing a migration. Something's happening where that token is not to be traded. You would think, and I am a technology and developer at heart in my, in my real world, you would think that you would code it to check first to see if the token's available. And second to this, that the token can be transferred because they have to send it to you. It's a transfer. So if the token is allowed to be purchased, but not allowed to be transferred, let's say it's not allowed to be transferred. You can buy it, but you can't transfer it. You can't sell it. Well, that's a problem, right? Because if you can't transfer it, that means they can't send you what you paid for. If they can't sell it, that means they can't reverse the transaction. 
So what was discovered, allegedly, you go in, you say, I want to do this transaction. It goes through the cycle, says that it's successful, attempts to do a payout, says it's doing a payout or did a payout, but it's not able to actually send you the tokens for one reason or another that I just described. Either it's, it can't transfer, so it can't send it to you. It can't sell, so it can't reverse. It kind of gets stuck, right? And so those funds get trapped. They can't direct refund your original token because they've already been sold. They can't refund off the new token because there's something going on with that token that's blocking the transaction. And allegedly, ChangeNow does not have code to be able to intercept, detect, and prevent this from happening during the transactions. This is inherently a flaw in whatever their interface is doing that's allowing the token to even be participating in the pair, where it shouldn't even let you choose it because it should be checking that it is available, it can transfer, it, you know, it can sell, et cetera, and may not be doing so. And the reason I'm breaking this down is that if you ever use change now for any reason, you're going to want to be extra, extra careful if and when you do so, because there's a high risk. You may not get your money back if you choose to do that. This is just brought to my attention. And it's the first time I've heard of such a report, but it is kind of scary, you know, because if you do smart contracts, there are certain situations like Thorium. They did something where on the previous, on the V2, they did it to where it still allowed you to buy the token, but you couldn't sell it, you couldn't transfer it. And that's what I suspect happened here is that something changed after the fact where it still allowed you to buy it, which I think is stupid, but they allowed you to buy it. They don't allow you to transfer, don't allow you to sell. And change now, there's nothing they can really do outside of just eat it because this is kind of the flaw if this is what happened. Now, this other one, I hesitate talking about it, and I, I do because I, I want to keep people safe. You're going to hear me laugh at points. You're going to hear me breathe heavy at points. It just, I, I don't know. This one's a struggle. I, I've, I heard about it because, you know, I don't go on social media for personal reasons, by the way. Here at CryptoTalkRadio.net, it's really more if somebody asks me to cover it, then I'll consider doing it. If I think it's crap, I try to avoid it myself, but this one... The reason it came up on radar is because apparently it's associated to another project that apparently a bunch of people are getting harmed because of the presence of this project. And then there were allegations made about the connection of the people behind the project. And I didn't know any details behind this. I had heard a little bit on Bleach's show about it and people keep asking about it. Apparently it's got a lot of hype and things from people. And I, again, if it's getting too much hype, I try to avoid it. Life's died down a little bit, but it's still out there in people's minds. And I, I figured, okay, let me just get it out of the freaking way so that I can not have to think about it. The project, the prod, yeah, project is this Promethean prodigy business, which allegedly people pronounce as Pampy, P-M-P-Y. I thought it was pumpy dump, you know, like pump and dump, because that's what it looked like it was doing. I didn't know, but that's what it allegedly is. PrometheanProdigy.org, if you care to go take a look at it. It allegedly presents itself as an AI layer two blockchain platform, layer two over top of Ethereum. And then they have what they call a prodigies paper, which is supposed to be their white paper that I think is absolute crap. I think it's absolute. It, it's got to be one of the, if not the, but certainly one of the worst white papers that I think I've seen for a couple of reasons. So I talked about my white paper rubric. Who, what, where, when, how, why, for the most part. The who is not here. The what is here, but it's worded in a way that your layman investor is not going to really know. 
where's not here, how is not here, why is not really here. I don't think that this does a good job of selling somebody. It's a lot of fluff tech words that sound good to somebody that doesn't understand technology. It sounds good to somebody who's, I'll, I'll pardon the term, ignorant in certain parts of technology, bots and that kind of stuff. Sure, the word blockchain sounds good, you know. I don't, I don't have any confidence based on the words that are coming out of this paper. It does not strike me as somebody who put a lot of thought into it. It strikes me as somebody that kind of put it together as a proof of concept and says, this is what it's going to do. Now, what it purports, P-U-R-P-O-R-T-S, to do, one of the big sell points I saw was this idea of a sniper bot. A sniper bot, to put it very simply, for those that don't work tech, a sniper bot, very simply, is software that's smart enough to look for certain things and take advantage of them before a human can, because it's a technology. And with snipers, it's looking for things like a crypto launch, right? That's where the liquidity pool is going to be out there and it's able to snipe some of that liquidity and take that money. So the way that technically works, it sees that something's about to launch. It sees that this happened with Lily Finance. Sees something's about to launch. Sees that the liquidity pool is about to be loaded. And it's because it's technology, it's so fast, it's able to make a transaction, leverage arbitrage opportunities to basically take money away from the liquidity pool prior to people being able to make any real profits. Now, a lot of projects are suffer under this with these launches. And it's part of the reason that so many token projects struggle with their initial launches. The Dior token had a similar issue where it got sniped off of its launch. Lily Finance had one. It got sniped. Para token had one. It happens all the time. And then there's tokens where they just get botted all the time. Jared from Subway, I'm sure you heard that name. That's it's it's par for the course. It's big business. These people probably make more money running sniper bots than they do actually doing regular trades. It's big business. So I understand the thought process behind that statement. I'm saying that I'm not sold in the way that they present it as something that's legitimate. Now, at the bottom, they have a disclaimer. And the disclaimer I didn't have any real concern with necessarily, specifically. There was a couple of lines that I think are kind of gray area, yellow alert. Here's one quote. Prodigy is solely a utility token and should not be regarded as a security investment or any regulated token. Users acknowledge and accept the inherent risks associated with accessing, acquiring, or using any blockchain, crypto system, token platform, software, or interface, including Pampy. So, the wording is actually very well thought out. It's, it's not saying this is not a security. This is not an investment. It's saying we, we, we're putting it out as a utility and you, you reader, should not regard it as. They're not telling you that it isn't or is. That's good because at, with other projects, it's like, you're telling me it's not an investment. You're telling me it's not security. You're telling me it's not regulated. You can't tell me that, bro. No, like a terrarium. No, you cannot do that. I'll tell you, as in my company, my country, I'll tell you whether it is or isn't a thing, regardless of whatever it is. So from the disclaimer side of something, I think it did a very good job of disclaiming itself away from that 
level of risk. So when I saw that that thought was put in, I was saying, okay, maybe there's something here where they actually do get it and they there's good people behind it. And what I was told is that there actually are some mainstream folks behind this. If that's true, then maybe they just suck at the white, at the so-called prodigies paper and there's something to this. So I decided to go a little bit deeper. I'm not going to go deep into the site because it's not for the purposes of this episode. I wanted to talk about the back end thing and sentiment. So it has what it shows on Etherscan has 688 million supply, roughly over a thousand holders, not a lot of traffic, fully diluted of 9 million, circulating of just under 8 million. The graph has been trending slightly upward for the past couple of days after a little bit of a dip. And now currently it's pushing up the upper limit. So it's on the slight climb. Apparently it has a total supply of 1 billion. And I saw, and this is curiosity number one, there's a site that's allegedly doing an airdrop of this business. But when I looked at the airdrop criteria, the airdrop criteria says that it's giving away 1.2 billion in tokens. It says airdrop quality quantity, 1 million, number of winners, 1,250. Well, there's only 1 billion. So basic math tells me that there's no way they can do this amount of airdrop unless there's a mint uh, function available in the contract. So I'll come back to that. I'm calling out this alleged airdrop that I see that caused me a little bit of concern of how the hell are you able to do an airdrop of 1.2? How is that even possible? I spun over to real quick to the contract because again, I was curious to see if I could find any sort of evidence of a minting function that would be available. And I didn't see one. I see a reflection function, but it doesn't look like it's actually active as far as I can tell but I could not see any sort of mint. If there is, it might be on the private side and I don't want to go deep into it for the purposes of this coverage. It's not relevant for this particular coverage. It's not a full swag. I decided to look then at people's sentiment and I saw something interesting here. Apparently, I don't know this for sure. I'm saying apparently, reportedly, allegedly, there's people in this project that possibly helped start it who came from and or led and or moderated and or were somehow greatly involved with the Volt EMU ecosystem. And allegedly, these people have been shilling, quote unquote, this Pampy instead of the Volt EMU. Well, just like I said to the Saitama V3 folks, who allegedly, the dev decided to give the keys away so that they could spit up a new yar. Pirate token, that's a that's a pyramid scheme. If you're going to be doing that, possibly a Ponzi, depending on what you're doing. I don't know. I'm saying that I found it rather suspicious. If true, I don't know that it is. If true, that certain in the Volt Inu ecosystem are now shilling this other project over here as opposed to the Volt Inu token, I don't know. This user, who I will not try to pronounce their name, says, quote, you smell Pablo from Volt, the well-known scammer and his criminal team. No bull run for these criminals. Get out while you can before they dump on you. Tax scam shit going. And this is in response to Noel Elon, who said, quote, I smell something here in a bearish sentiment that 
in that person's mind, something seems wrong, something seems off, and nobody knows why. Another user who I will not try to pronounce says, quote, this person is responding to somebody else, by the way, quote, I haven't heard of this coin in ETH's ecosystem. It's a fraud. Yeah, dummy, it's been on CoinMarketCap for five days. This is back in October. As if you are the hearer of whispers in the crypto space, come to me, oh wise ones, and let me hear what's new in the ETH eco space today. Deep, deep. Nothing? Okay, let me, the wise ones, spread the word with this dumbass comment I have lined up. Even if it's a scam, they're great. Flip it and move on before they do. Let me translate what this person is implying. This person's implying that this Pampy is probably a scam, high probability a scam, but you should get as much money as you can before the so-called scammers scam you. That's their strategy, and that's a viable strategy because, of course, just because it's a scam don't mean you can't make money, and just because you make money doesn't make it not a scam. So I have no concerns with their approach. What I would emphasize is I don't know that it is a scam, but it seems like people apparently think that it is. Uh, user MDFK Volt says, quote, dude, it's not even a week. This is October. It's not even a week old yet. You'll hear about it. So as of October, it was starting to be a thing. Quote, launch a layer two on Ethereum is very important for the ETH ecosystem. I disagree. This announce should also be mentioned, should be also mentioned in the crypto press before, spelled wrong, it released this token is a scam. So <laughs> in one breath, they say a layer two is good for Ethereum. And the next breath, they say this layer two is a scam. Okay. Is it good for the eco or is it a scam? Could be both. I'm saying I found, I found it interesting what this part was uh, talking about here. So, alrighty then. Then another user B Volted says, quote, apparently I have seen this person. They're from the Volt ecosystem says, quote, Seen a lot of scams run to many millions in market cap. Check out the partnership with CXR.agency would be a good place to start. I don't think it's a scam project. I was part of the $400,000 refund, so it looks promising. I don't know about the refund that this person is referring to. I'm assuming that there was some sort of a, you know, dump or rug pull or whatever it is, and they decided to, you know, give money back or whatever that is. CXR.agency. Apparently, it's some sort of a, a marketing partnership is what it looks like uh, with technology and blockchain and everything else. Now, I seem to remember way back yonder, there was a project that whose name escapes me at the moment, but they called out a bunch of these different partnerships and things. And one of the projects I was looking at, and it was around, you know, green credits, you know, eco credits and, and charge, C plus charge. And they said, I did, I had a couple of people come back and say, this is run by this company. And this company is one of, you know, 20 whatever companies. And they're all basically scams where they spin up good looking projects, but then they ultimately are going to dump on you. This I'm pretty sure was one of those companies. I can't say for sure the, that they will. I'm saying that I'm pretty sure CXR.agency is one of the companies they said is one of those that puts out a very impressive looking website and then ultimately dumps on people. I don't know for sure. Another user whose name I will not pronounce says, quote, as much as I would like to be bullish with a layer two, I will reserve my stance because of taxes. 
taxes and slow responses, why we are moving away to have a layer two in the first place. So I'll stop there. Taxes referring to Ethereum gas fees. Quote, I wish you guys best of luck. That's what it said. Looking forward to another block dag that will topple Caspa. And Caspa I'll talk about uh, on a different episode. Uh, another user who I won't pronounce says, quote, Pablo Eduardo Romero Gracia, knows crypto scammer from Volt Inu, tax scam shit coin. User Miragu2023 says, quote, token contract, things like suspendable code, max sell ratio, unviable tokens, lack of a trading cooldown, scam. Just like a lot of projects on MEXC, they list a lot of scam tokens. Actually, I believe, that's what it said, some MCEX rent some Nigerian, spelled wrong, to make tokens. Before you invest in new tokens, check if tokens list on Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, Bitbubble. Never heard of Bitbubble. OKX list scam. Mexi list licked scam. Gate.io list scam tokens. KuCoin list scam tokens. Now, mind you, just to be fair, Coinbase lists scam tokens too. Let's be honest here. And Binance is the, they're the poster child for it. So just FYI. It's not just, you know, it's whatever. User Olive P says, quote, Pampy will change the way people trade in DeFi. With AI technology to assist you with your trades, you won't be needing to click on a YouTuber's chat that Onway tells you it may go up or may go down. We don't know. If it goes up, it may come down. Or if it comes down, it may go up. Pampy is a, a legit project with partnerships with real companies. Don't be left behind on this one. Not financial advice and do your own research. The pattern I noticed with all of these posters, a significant amount of misspellings, an egregious amount of grammatical errors. So I suspect that we're dealing with mobile folks. I suspect that we're dealing with people that are telescam, you know, friendly. Because I was appalled at just how much bad grammar and bad spelling was apparent. And I'm on CoinMarketCap's community, by the way. It, it seemed like every post, they just don't know how to spell and don't know any grammar concepts. So I've never, you know, Volt has pretty good grammar and spelling people. And so they came from there to this Pampy. I'm shocked to see that that seemed to have declined their level of, of uh, online intelligence. I don't know. Just going off what I see. So then I ran across a different site. And this site's CryptoLinks.com. CryptoLinks.com. And CryptoLinks.com had a hit around this Promethean prodigy and it lists it under a section they call crypto scam and rug pull sites. And it says, quote, and this is one guy apparently quote, if your website is on the scam list and you think that you're not a scammer, contact us after you provide us with all the proof that you're in crypto world with good intentions, we will delist you. Usually you get in this category because you're hiding your team. You have a bad reputation, AKA you're tricking, deceiving, scamming people. You haven't got a written project white paper or is a shit one. So I unquote. So I cannot disagree with anything this person is saying, because as I said, the white paper is crap. That's that. The who is nowhere to be seen. I don't know that they're scammers. I do see that it looks like crap, but this person seems to think that it's a scam. Again, I don't know, but I'm going off what I see that people seem to think it's a scammy project, whatever that is. Then I looked at a different site scamdoc.com scamdoc.com and scamdoc.com actually had a hit for this Prometheus prodigy. Now 
This site's, I don't know how credible this is because this site is looking at the site itself and it dings it for things like, when was the domain created? Well, I don't know if that's fair to call it negative for that. Expiration date, I don't know if that's fair. Owner identification, who is hidden, that's kind of standard now. And then reviews. Well, nobody knows about sites and not going to reviews. So they, they gave it a bad score primarily because of the fact that it's new. Well, I don't know that being new is evidence of a scam. So I didn't have any credibility of this one, but there actually are some reviews on this guy. And I was like, okay, well, let me uh, take a look at this and see what they say. And it said, quote, made a little money off of it, but it's for sure some kind of crypto scam. One agent recruits people to the site to deposit and complete tasks for commission. I didn't see any sort of site for commission, so I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> but, you know, that's what it is. Then the airdrop site I talked about, and then comes the big business, which is D.Fi, and they have a scanner around the contract, because this is what I was really interested in, and I'll wrap up. So D.Fi scammer came back, and it reported a couple of things that I was like, whoa, weep, weep, claxons. So first, as the transfer fee, the transfers, whatever, that's, it is. Dump risk. A private quote, a private wallet owns a significant percentage of the token's total supply. Now, it depends on that wallet. If the wallet is the deployer wallet, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I can tell you that the contract address, contract creator, so the deployer, and the owner are all different addresses. So I didn't see that there is, you know, the owner is like with Seifu crap, or, you know, where the owner is the tread. I didn't see that. But for whatever reason, they seem to think that one of these holds a significant amount of supply for whatever that means. It depends on which one it is, though. If it turns out that, again, the owner or something, you know, if it's an employer, that's not a problem. But if it's the owner, that could be a risk, and you might want to watch out for that one. But the other one that caught my eye, right, and this is one where I would never recommend it because of what it is, centralized balance controls, quote, the contract owner is able to control all token holders' balances. So what does that mean? When you look at the actual function, what it basically says is that regardless of the address, the address, they can affect the supply of how many tokens a specific wallet has or will have. At, you know, And so if you think about this, what that means is in Thorium, as an example, Thorium is able to burn tokens out of your wallet and has done. That's how they're influencing the price. What this says is that basically they can change your token balance. The only time you would see this as necessary would be for like a rebase token. This doesn't look like a rebase token to me. So for me, I would just have a measure of caution because I don't know why that function needs to be in there in the first place. And I would consider that highly, highly problematic. When I tried to figure out which contract it is that has this, it is truly indeed the owner wallet. And in fact, the function in question can only be called by the owner and it looks like it's not renounced. So what I'm saying is that there's a strong risk, very strong risk that the owner could at some point basically either destroy all your tokens. This happened before where they actually just completely destroyed all of the tokens in everybody's wallet on the way out. They yanked the liquidity and destroyed all the tokens. 
that's the risk of having that function in there is that they could affect and basically just completely destroy you because of what that's doing. I'm going to simply stress to you, I strongly recommend if you're going to get in it, you be careful. Don't, certainly don't YOLO into the thing, but be very careful on this because I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm simply sharing what you can see for yourself to be the truth. And I don't know what it means because I'm not in the project, nor will I ever be. I'm sharing that people across the interwebs seem to think that this is probably a scam. Whether it is or not is not for me to say. I share it because I don't want people to FOMO off of what they're told by some influencer and get completely destroyed. We're at the Christmas season. That's the last thing I would want for anybody else.